This is where we uncover the simple traditions that successful business owners are doing every day to build a successful home life while still taking the lead in their business. Let's get started. Welcome back, everybody, to the Successful Parents Podcast. I am your host, Wanda Howard, and we have another amazing question that keeps being asked by so many of my listeners and people who have been following along this journey of successful parents and how are you actually able to find success with your kids. And to so many of us, that means several different things <laughs> between being able to balance life and family to also just knowing how to thrive in your own skin as a parent. How do you actually know how to discipline and and connect with your kids in a way that doesn't feel so mentally and emotionally exerting? So the question for today's podcast is, why did my parents disown me? And honestly, there is so many avenues that go in to this question. There's so much behind why this happened. But I wanted to tell a little bit more about um, my story, go into a little depth of what was going on. But I don't want us to get sucked into all of the reasons because this was not uh, a fluke thing that just happened in an instant. This was a lifetime of building up to this moment. And it is why I am so passionate about what I am doing, why I am building Traditions of Truth, this amazing program to help other parents know how to not have what happened to my family happen to theirs, to raise kids who are emotionally healthy and confident and to love being a parent because I truly believe that God did not send us here to become parents and to struggle and suffer through it, crossing our fingers, hoping that someday it will work out. No, this was meant to be a gift for every single person that when we know how to parent in a way that brings us together, that enables our kids, it enables us to a degree I never knew possible until, until I started experiencing it myself. So the question of why my parents disowned me, there is so much about being disowned that is not discussed, is not very open, and it isn't this, um, at least for me, it was not this cut and dry, they said it to my face, you're no longer part of our family, or anything like that. It was very messy, it was very everywhere, and um, honestly, my whole entire life, it was my biggest fear. And that is so important, and I want to dive into that so to go back to the beginning of things, I want everybody to understand my parents are amazing people. So often when we think of abuse in a family or struggles that are happening or estrangement or being disowned, we think of probably like crazy out there minded people that are just insane anyways. But I want you to understand that nothing big ever happens without little things leading up to it. So my parents, to give you a perspective, were um, God-fearing people. They wanted to spread the love of God to everybody that they knew. And they actually met on the mission field while they were preaching about our Savior and about everything that he is for all the world. As they were on their missions, they met each other. And it wasn't until after coming home that they finally started to connect, to talk. They fell in love and they started a family. Now, they had six kids um, pretty close together and started right after getting married. They 
um, believe that that was their greatest purpose was to be able to bring kids into the world. So they just kept going. After mom had her sixth child, the doctor started encouraging her to stop because she was struggling with a lot of health issues and it was compacting and causing severe um, struggles for her. So the doctor said, you really should stop. They didn't feel good about that. And they decided to keep going. It wasn't until later that they opened up and said that they were praying that God would not send them any more kids. But if he did, that it was his will and that they hoped that they would be able to do it. So I, I share that with you to again, reiterate the kind of people my parents are. They wanted badly to do what was right. They were trying and just taking one step in front of the other, not knowing what was going to come next. I was born, I was the seventh, and with me came a lot of help and life changes. Mom lost her ability to walk. She had a stroke on her left side, leaving um, all of her left side of her body pretty much unable to respond very well or very quickly. And she just continued to go downhill. So with that, that pushed my parents into survival mode and our whole family started functioning differently than it ever had. But that was the world I was born into. I didn't experience anything before that. The only kind of um, parents that I knew was a dad who was constantly trying to help my mom throughout all of her health issues, gone at work and then gone um, with my mom to so many different doctors and a mom who was not... uh, really available to us kids. She wasn't the one cooking and cleaning. That was us kids chore and so many things like that. And with all of the different responsibilities that us kids had, those were not what pushed our family apart. I, as a kid, kids are so amazing. Kids are so resilient. And it really amazes me looking back on my own life that none of those things were a problem for me. I did not mind helping with the house cleaning and the cooking and taking care of, I ended up, my parents seven years after me ended up having surprise twins and taking care of them. I loved every moment of it. I loved being able to give back to my family. I loved being able to do everything I could to help hold my parents' burdens. And just, I wanted more than anything else for them to know how much I appreciated them, how much I loved them. But from the earliest stages that I can remember any t- any kind of memory, like four or three years old, I remember my biggest fear being that someday our family would be in total disarray, that we would not be in contact with each other, that I would be disowned. And at the time when I tried to express those kinds of fears, I was being told that I was just overreacting. I was reading too much into things. I was not, um, I was, I was just being a girl is what they put it. I was just being over, overreactive to too many things. And I just needed to focus on what was really happening. And anyways, as time went on, that fear never went away. I kept noticing things and being aware of things that everybody else seemed to just blow off as that's not a big deal. I'm the one blowing it out of proportion. And that is what um, I, I hope that through my program, Traditions of Truth, that people are starting to understand is kids are not being overreactive. They are not being 
in this way of blowing things out of proportion that we just can throw onto the sidelines and say that's not a big deal because I truly do believe that God has sent down every single individual with gifts and insights to be able to pay attention to what's going on around them. For me, now looking back through my life, I can see step by step of what caused our family to fall apart. And it really started with this, um, again, the traditions that we were living when we were all we were all homeschooled. We were all in the same house. We moved constantly. So we really only had each other, each other to rely on. And my parents always prided themselves on the fact that we were a close-knit family, we, that we never fought, that we never, um, never were mean to each other, that we were always there for each other in time of need. And while a lot of that is true, it wasn't true in the sense of free will necessarily. We were already living so many traditions of estrangement. Even though we were stuck in the same walls, we didn't know each other. There was never this opportunity or ability to be ourselves. We all felt this immense pressure to hold it together when we felt any kind of a negative emotion that we needed to be the bigger person and just be okay with things that if there was a some kind of fun outlet or things that if there was work, the work needed to be done first. And not that that's always bad, but the way that it can be positioned in a family, that can lead to so many um, stressors, we'll just put it that way, that enables people to start feeling like the work is way more important than ever the time that we spend together. And this is one thing that I started to notice over and over and over is my parents would become so stressed, so overwhelmed, so overworked with everything they had to do. They now had nine kids to just take care of and they were barely staying afloat. And in all of that, it, there was never space for the kids to be respected because it was their job to teach us everything to teach us to respect their elders, to trust in them. And one of the things that kept happening was they would feel selfish for the things that they were choosing to do. They would feel overwhelmed with the things they were choosing to do. And, <coughs> excuse me, um, as a kid, I could see how invaluable my parents' efforts were, that I loved that they were trying. I was so grateful for what they were doing. And I just wanted to ease their burdens. I had this immense feeling of gratitude for them. But um, my parents kept telling me that I was being so selfish that anytime that I would ask to go play or to go do things, they were like, why are you so selfish? Why do you always focus on yourself? Why do you always do that? And as a kid, I trusted my parents explicitly. I knew that what... Um, everything they did was for me and I wanted to show them that I appreciated it. I wanted to learn from everything they ever said to me. So when they told me I was selfish, I didn't realize at the time, but now I can understand that the reason I can never get away from feeling that way was the feeling I was truly feeling at the time was gratitude. I never remember being frustrated with my parents or hating them every single time that there was any kind of frustration. It was always towards myself. And 
every time that they would say you're being selfish, I would attach selfishness to that feeling of gratitude that I was having. So every single time I started to feel excited about the world or gratitude for what was happening or ready to keep growing or try something new, I would immediately start telling myself, no, 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 that's selfish. Don't go there. That's wrong. And this all stems back from the ideas of one, what do we teach our kids instead of how do we treat them? How do we make sure that we're raising these perfect human beings when we're not perfect ourselves instead of it being a collaboration our kids are our greatest allies to be able to create the world we're seeking to and so often we think that we have to conform or mesh and mold them into something that the world has deemed is what a kid should look like or what we feel like is going to give them the best foot forward in their life and we feel this need to mold them into a different kind of human than what they were already born to be. But if we can start learning how to unlock um, and use who they are and who we are in a collaborated effort, then we will be able to actually feel free in our own skin and our kids will be able to learn confidence way greater than we could ever teach them through any kind of book or self-help thing we will be able to create homes that truly enable our kids to have emotional health and confidence. And I know that that is a lot of uh, broad, big thinking over the top, like, okay, how do I actually apply this into my life? And so I want to share with you these three principles that I have learned inside of parenting, inside my own life that has enabled me and taken me from a world of severe depression, anxiety, and suicide. Like I did not know that life could be as wonderful as it is. I did not know you could go a day without wishing that you weren't taking space on this planet. And it took me from all of that into loving every single day, into feeling truly free. I don't have to constantly tell myself um, positive affirmations or different things. Like I truly feel It is just my being now. I'm not this depressed and over anxious and suicidal person anymore. Like that, those things are of the past. And I dealt with that my entire life. And on top of that, my kids now, they have done amazing things already. And they are young. They're all nine years older and younger. And I have been so impressed with the way that they can hold their own in adult conversations, the way that they know who they are and they unapologetically be themselves but it's not rude or arrogant and they're they're just incredible and it hasn't come from me making sure they know how to act in every situation it's come from me understanding these three principles and utilizing them in our lives and understanding how they actually incorporate so principle number one is the parenting equation the biggest gap right now in the parenting industry that I've seen over and over is this polarizing ideas of one, that all um, children should come first. You're the adult in the situation. You should be able to hold your own emotions, your own needs, your own whatever's going on for you on the sidelines for just a moment while you take care of your kids. And then there's the other side of, no, you're the adult, you're the parent, you're the driving force of your family. You need to be able to put yourself first or you'll have nothing to give back to your kids. As a new mom, myself, and 
with these two different ideas, I tried them both. I was like, okay, I'm willing to do anything, whatever the experts are saying. And both of these left me in a world of pain. If I put my kids first, I wasn't showing up as me. I was constantly drained. And I know so many here understand what that feels like of wanting to put your kids first, but it it takes so much mental energy and emotional control to be able to know exactly what to say in every given situation for your kids' needs. And then the reverse, when I started doing like self-care and all these different things that honestly before I was not doing, and it did help to know like self-care is important and showing up for yourself is important. But the problem with this approach too was it was always leaving me feeling guilty and selfish because if I took care of myself, all the self-care things that help me feel energized during the day, as soon as I stepped back in to the parenting role, as soon as I was interacting with my kids, I still felt that overwhelm of what do I actually do though? How do I interact with them? How am I supposed to teach them? And it wasn't helping my parenting ability any. It was just making it so I wanted to spend all day on my self-care because at least then I felt good. But anytime I stepped back into interacting with my kids, I was immediately drained and overwhelmed again. So this is the truth that I discovered after years of trying to put all the <laughs> data and everything that I was researching. It finally clicked that we are focusing on the wrong thing. It does not matter who comes first. Think about any um, mathematical equation. If you are worried about what is coming first, you are building a subtraction problem. The problem with both of these polarizing ideas of kids first or parents first is one person is getting what they need at the expense of another person. So it you're going to end up with less, just like in a subtraction problem. You the only the only time that you need to worry about what number is coming first is when you're going to be taking away from that number. If it is a positive interaction like addition, it is two numbers coming together to produce the same result. For example, three plus two will always equal five. But if you put the two first, two plus three, it will still equal five. And it's something better and bigger than what was originally in the equation. This is the kind of parenting equation we need to start building. It is not about who comes first. It is not about how do we teach our kids. It's about how do we treat them. We need to start learning how to counsel together, how to build something new and different than we've ever experienced is by utilizing the gifts and insights that our kids have and start actually collaborating together. Build something that works for both of us. It's not about what works for the kids and what or what works for the parents. It's about what works for both of you. So the best way to start implementing this and just paying attention to this principle in your life, every single time you think, how do I teach them this? Stop. Ask them, how do I treat them? Now you may be wondering, how, how does that apply? What is the next step? Like, great, how do I treat them? But how do I know if I'm treating them right? Am I being too aggressive? Am I being too lenient? Am I not being assertive enough? Am I letting them walk all over me? All those questions. So that's where principle number two comes into place. And that is the success gauge. All, every single thing in our life is has an element of being able to track whether or not we're making progress towards our goal. We're going to use workout for an example. And if you are working out, 
wanting to achieve a certain goal, then you have either the number of reps, the weight you lose, or the distance that you can go to track whether or not you're making progress. All of us are creatures of growth, and whether we like it or not, we are constantly tracking our progress. Are we making any kind of movement towards our goal? Now, it would not make sense if you were working out to go to the gym and base your progress off of everybody else in the room. If you wanted to be able to lift 300 pounds and you were watching everybody else and being like, why aren't they getting there yet? Um, And so you become a great coach and great teacher or a great parent and trying to get them to be able to lift that amount so that you can finally reach your goal. It would never help you. You might be able to coach them, but you would still be feeling that lack of um, growth, that lack of accomplishment in being able to reach your personal goal of being able to lift the 300 pounds. And it would constantly be leaving you feeling frustrated with the other people in the room when they aren't even working towards your goal anymore. Maybe they are doing laps around the field and that's not going to help you lift more weight. So you understand that concept. That is what we are doing inside of parenting. I was doing it. Everybody that I've talked to, that is one of the biggest hurdles that is keeping parents feeling stuck and drained inside of the very (laughs) ship that should be making us feel the most accomplished, the best we've ever been and helping us achieve our goals and not keeping them from us. Parenting really is, I truly, truly believe this because I've seen it now over and over, is the key to being able to feel the most fulfilled than you've ever been and the most excited about life and being able to connect with your kids is not hard when you understand how to stop gauging your success off of your kids instead of off of yourself. So instead of if my kids are behaving well, if my kids are doing this right, if my kids know how to get good grades or if they know how to handle themselves in this kind of conversation, if they don't throw a fit, then I'm being a good parent. All of those things have nothing to do with you. They are all an outside person, an outside source that has nothing to say about whether or not you are a good parent. You can go into this even deeper There's so much more about this concept that I teach more fully inside of Traditions of Truth. But again, I don't want to go down the rabbit hole. I want to give you things that you can start focusing on today. So principle number one was the parenting equation. Stop asking yourself what you can teach your kids, how to treat your kids instead. Principle number two, when you start using the success gauge of instead of looking at what everybody else is doing and instead ask yourself how you feel How does it feel to you to interact with your kids in certain ways? How does it feel to teach them that way? And this can still feel a little bit abstract of like, well, I don't know, because it's not something that most of us are utilizing or paying attention to. And it feels like a totally new language. So what you can do is start observing the other relationships you have in your life. Right now, you have people that you actively try to avoid because when you're with them, you don't feel like you can be yourself in some way. Maybe it's that you have to hold your opinions to yourself, or maybe you don't feel like you can speak your mind when they mess up, or maybe it's so many different things. There's relationships that you avoid because you don't feel comfortable in speaking your truth and speaking who you are and speaking what is um, on your mind and what you feel is right, that you feel constrained in some shape or form. And then Think about the relationships that you love to keep going back to, that energize you, that are fun, that are exciting. 
How do you interact with those? What do you think about the person on the other side of the table? Why is it that you feel more comfortable around them? What do they say? What do you say that enables you to feel more like yourself? Like dissect everything you can about those kind of relationships and model those with your kids. And so many parents start saying, well, I can't really do that. Like they're, they're kids, they're not adults. And um, <laughs> there's so many things about this that I think is so funny because it's really not about whether or not your kids um, start acting like the other person. It's that I want, if, if you take nothing else away, I want you to be able to understand that if you have a relationship that you actively avoid because you aren't allowing yourself to be who you are, whether that's controlling your emotions to the extent that you don't feel comfortable around them, controlling what you have to say because you feel like it's not acceptable to say that, whatever it is, when you constantly are putting yourself back into those kinds of relationships, you don't ever walk away feeling good. You don't ever walk away feeling energized or better. And when we're building those kind of relationships with our kids, it makes total sense why as parents we feel stuck and restrained and frustrated even when we're putting our best foot forward in our homes. It's because we are constantly trying to constrain who we are. We're trying to make ourselves be who we're not. We're trying to not say certain things, trying to show up a certain way, constantly making ourselves fit into a mold that we aren't comfortable actually being in. So start paying attention to the relationships you enjoy being and model those in your home. If that is struggling, come look at my program, Traditions of Truth. Like I go through this in deep detail and we dissect exactly how you can start doing it with values that are true to you and what it means to actually unlock your style of parenting because no two people do it the same. It doesn't work if you try. Um, but when you use both of these principles, that leads you to principle number three, which is a new kind of foundation, a kind of foundation that you don't walk away every single day wondering if you are doing it right, just hoping and crossing your fingers that someday in the future, your kids will be able to have confidence that hopefully you did a good job as a parent. You don't have to do that. A kind of foundation that will give you greater success in the long run will be one that actually is working now that you can confidently and assuredly say that right now things are working because you know what to be looking for. You know how to use the success gauge. You know what the parenting equation is about. And when you can understand those things on a deeper level, it becomes so rhythmic, so easy to know how to handle every parenting situation. <clears throat> Excuse me. And so that is really what, <laughs> to make the full circle and back, that is really what made our family, my family, fall apart, is it was all about who comes first. It was all about how do we teach our kids? What do our kids need to know? Trying to make sure our kids, like my parents really were trying. They were trying to make sure all of us kids had everything we needed to be successful individuals. And it became more about teaching than about the relationships. Those relationships we are all designed as human beings, as children of God, to know how to instinctively build health and confidence, but we aren't relying on those gifts anymore. We're relying on all of these outside sources of teaching and 
instead of the relationships. The relationships is where the magic happens. If you know how to build relationships that instill confidence in both of you, the rest is easy and it just comes flowing out of you in your own unique way. And you don't have to worry if you're modeling somebody else's way of parenting perfectly or not to get the desired results. It becomes rhythmic. So I hope this helps everybody. If you have any more questions, please submit them to me. Um, you can either do it through my email, which I will share a link down below for that, or you can do it um, on Instagram. Send me a DM and I will respond. There's so much about parenting that I didn't realize when I was first starting that it isn't about restricting anymore. The more that you can start gauging your success off of how you feel, the more you will aim yourself onto paths and roads that are so exciting, so much better than trying to make everything work out perfectly. And now I'm speaking in circles. I love this topic. I could go on and on, but I want to leave you with one last thing to understand there is nothing broken about you. There is nothing about you that is wrong. If you feel like you yell too much or you nag your kids too much and all of these different things, those are simply signals to say that there is a tradition hiding in your family that is no longer serving you. There is a way to reprogram it that you do not have to uproot everything and be the driving force and make sure all the steps happen. There is a way to do it that is fun, that is enlightening, that is encouraging for everybody in the household. And it starts making a difference from day one. It isn't years down the road. Hopefully it'll change things. It starts making a difference right now. So if you want more help with that, please come join my program, Traditions of Truth. There's so much in there that I seriously love talking to the parents about all their questions. And it's so fun to see the light bulb go off in their head of things that they always wanted to do and didn't know how it becomes instinctive. So I'm excited for all of you. I can't wait to meet those of you who choose to come and join. And I wish you all the best. You're amazing. Thank you for listening. And we will see you all next time. I'm so glad that you were able to be here and discover more with us of what it means to be a successful parent. Be sure to hit that subscribe button and leave us a rate interview so that we can reach more amazing parents who are looking for ways to truly succeed with their kids too. Find me on Instagram or Facebook at WandaHoward.Live. If you're like, holy cow, this was amazing, but I have so many more questions, then send me a DM with your biggest takeaways and all of your questions. I'll be sure to take care of you. Have an amazing day and I will see you in our next episode.